season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. the jkr podcast today we have illinois native and 2023 indiana baseball signee we got brayden bakes on the podcast brayden super pumped to get you on the show man how are you doing today i'm doing good how are you doing good man uh so um before we kind of dig into baseball side of things there is one question that i do like to ask everybody that gets on the podcast and that is for those who don't know you how would you introduce yourself who exactly is brayden bakes uh just a guy from illinois um, I'm from Huntley, so, you know, uh, there's a decent amount of baseball around here, uh, in Illinois, we got a lot of talent. So, um, you know, I just love baseball, uh, video games, all that stuff. So I like to train and something about me. Okay. So it says on perfect game that you are from Algonquin, Illinois. Algon- Algonquin, okay. yeah. So where, when you look at, when you're looking at the Illinois state map, like kind of where is that at and how far is that from Bloomington? It's five, five hours of Bloomington. Yeah, it's it's pretty far drive. Um, but we're like four hours away from Grand Grand Park, if you know what's yeah. at. Yeah, I was actually just at Grand Park today. I had a couple of meetings and yeah, I uh, was there. Uh, but let's kind of let's kind of dig into your recruiting process. Kind of what ended you up at IU, and kind of just take us. We can kind of go through that the whole thing. Um, so but before you were committed to IU, like I said, you were committed to Wichita State there for a while mm-hmm. as well. Um, so kind of take us through that first recruiting process and what that was like, and kind of when Division One teams started reaching out to you. Yeah, so um, before I was committed to Wichita State, I had two shoulder surgeries. So, uh, obviously, it was pretty hard coming out and uh, just showing myself again. Um, I had a few looks before that. Uh, but so when I came back, I had a few offers, but Wichita State really, it kind of, uh, like, took my eye. So I uh, ended up committing there. The coach was really cool, uh, you know. And then, and now, like, about a year later, I just felt – it wasn't the place for me anymore. And um, so I decommitted and my uh, advisor reached out to Indiana and that's just how it went. And uh, they, they love me. So that's how I committed there. So. Okay. So in that first recruiting process, when exactly did that start? Like when did you far, first get in contact with Wichita state? You also said there was a couple other teams in, involved as well. Um, so when did you start talking to some of those other teams as well as Wichita state? Um, It was, probably around a year ago, around this t- exact time, I'd say. Um, so I was talking, I think it was around 11 schools. Um, they It was all mid-majors, uh, one power five. But um, so, yeah, that's that was what was happening. Uh, you know, they all contacted me through uh, my coaches. So it, it was kind of new to me at that time, my junior year. Um, my brother had a lot of a lot of connections his sophomore year because he was never injured. So it was a little, it was tough seeing him getting all those offers and I never really had them until my junior year. Okay. So what was it at first that when Wichita state, when you committed to Wichita state first, um, what was it that kind of, that you saw within that program that made you commit there? Uh, what were some of those key things that you saw? Yeah. So if you look at their baseball field and their facilities, I mean, it's spectacular. They're really cool. Um, you know, the baseball part of it, I loved uh, the coaches were really cool. It, I mean, they had probably 45 years of MLB experience there. I mean, they had 
Eric Wedge and uh, Mike Pelfrey there. So really good coaching staff. Um, and then I've talked to a few people before and they, they said they loved it. Uh, and then if you look back, they won, I think the world series around in like the 1980s uh, they had a few good runs back then. So I, you know, I feel like uh, that would have been a good place for me to go and develop. So, so when you were going through that initial recruiting process, uh, you said there's a couple of mid major teams, a power five, um, who were some of those other schools that uh, kind of caught your interest quite, quite a bit and may potentially finish second or third uh, within that recruiting process. Um, one of the schools that uh, reached out to me like very late was uh, Missouri. Uh, they caught my, eye. they caught my eye. Um, but, there's a lot of guys that were already committed there. So it was kind of like an iffy situation. I didn't want to go there and have to like seriously fight for a spot. And even if I did that, I mean, it was a low offer. So, you know, uh, and then the third one would be Indiana state. I mean, they're great at base, great at baseball. Uh, usually fin finish at the top of the Missouri Valley. I'm pretty sure that's where they're at. Um, so they're, they're a really good school. Uh, they had great facilities too. So those were the top three. Okay. So you end up, you said you were committed to Wichita state for a little over a year. Um, so mm -hmm. let's say um, you're, you're there, it's coming down to it to where you're like, okay, maybe, maybe Wichita state isn't the place for me. Kind of take us through just what that mindset was as you were thinking, okay, maybe, maybe Wichita state isn't what I was thinking. Maybe I'd be better off potentially exploring my options a little bit more. Um, just kind of take us through what that mindset was and what that process was to decommit and start that recruiting process over again. Yeah. So <clears throat> I just, I started realizing like being a kid from uh, like Algonquin, I, I mean, I'm really close to Chicago. So obviously I go down to Chicago a lot. I'm not really a country kind of person and uh, you know, Kansas, uh, Wichita state, it's like very country. Um, you know, I like being around the city, big areas. Uh, and then I also like, they don't have what I wanted to get into for uh, like, I did, they didn't have my degree or they did, but just IU has a very a very good business school, which I want to get into. Um, and then I just, not very many people are like a part of the campus life at uh, Wichita State that I've heard of. Um, so, you know, I just, I just felt like it wasn't the right fit for me because for me, it's I like a big city. Uh, a lot of people just, uh, you know, campus life, it's a pretty cool thing. And uh, at Indiana, they just have a lot of, people should go to the games, all that stuff. So, yeah. So after you decommitted, how long was it until potentially some other teams started reaching out and how long was it until coach Mercer and his staff uh, reached out to you? Um, so I originally hit up uh, or my agent talked to uh, Indiana. That was the first school that we reached out to. Um, so that was probably within two weeks. So uh, a few other schools, saw that I decommitted, but it really, I didn't really, uh, I didn't post anything about it. So nobody really knew, but, um, a few, like two schools contacted me probably about a week and a half after. So if you had to kind of go through and kind of look at what that first recruiting process was for you, you said it was kind of short just because uh, you were injured that sophomore year and didn't get the, as long as chance as what your brother did, uh, kind of compare that first recruiting process to that second to where at that point you've had an advisor and he's kind of helping you out as well. I'll kind of go about it, just kind of compare those two recruiting processes for us. Yeah. So uh, the first, the first recruiting process was that one was really hard because, you know, I've, I took an official visit to uh, Missouri state. So uh, when I ended up committing to Wichita state, they took it to heart and, you know, it was really hard for me to call them and have a, a deep conversation with them telling that, uh, you know, that wasn't the school for me. But uh, the second time around, it was, 
it was just really easy. You know, um, I talked to Indiana a year ago around that same time when I was talking to the other colleges, but um, I didn't have the greatest summer um, and spring. So they weren't fully invested in me yet. So they didn't offer. But so the second time around, um, you know, they just it came easy and they just offered right there right away. So. So in that second recruiting process, when IU offered you, did you pretty much know that's where you wanted to go? Or was there some other schools that you were thinking about as well within that second recruiting process? Uh, yeah, no, I knew that that was the place I wanted to go. Um, I got a lot of friends that are there. I know a lot of people uh, that go there. So, you know, it just it fits me and it's pretty close to home. So that was also a big uh, a big factor there. Uh, I want to be close to home. So. So what are some of the relationships you have with guys who are either there at Indiana right now or guys who are also committed there for your class or even the 24-25 class? Um, I know TJ Schuyler is also in Northern Illinois as well, so I assume yeah. you guys are somehow connected. But, no, just kind of take us through who's some of those relationships you have with the IU uh, commits and players right now. Yeah, so um, I do know TJ. Uh, he's one of my good friends. We've played uh, a few few games together. Uh, CSA was a long time ago, which was a team. Um, then we played uh, a few more times on PG. I think it was the underclass All-American game. So, yeah, we uh, we go uh, pretty far back. So I know him really well. Um, and then a few other guys, we went down on the official visit, and they were all really cool. Um, but I also have a lot of friends from high school that are going to be going there. So, you know, that's going to be cool to just be there with guys I know and, like, just explore it together, you know. So when you were down when you were down in Bloomington for that official visit, can I take us through what some things there was some things the coaching staff and some of the players were showing you, and who were some of those guys who are actually currently on the team that you potentially bonded with the most? Um, you know, they were just showing me what it's like going down there to Indiana. Uh, it's like a really good baseball school. Like the atmosphere for baseball was awesome. Uh, I really liked it. We they took me down to a scrimmage that they had, and they still had, I mean, probably a hundred fans there. Uh, I had a, a scrimmage and it's, it was getting pretty cold out. So not very many people wanted to go there, but you know, so they still had a lot of people show up. So that was awesome. Um, but a few of the, we hung out with the whole baseball team. So I didn't really get to know all of them very much, but you know, they seem like really good guys, some guys you want to be around and play with. So, yeah. So coach Mercer's done a pretty good, great job. I mean, obviously I go to IU, so I mean, I follow the baseball program there and coach yeah. Mercer's done a great job here these past couple of years. Uh, but no, so, since you've committed kind of, What's your relationship like with Coach Mercer and some of those other coaches that you could be potentially talking to? Uh, yeah, so me and Coach Mercer, uh, I talked to him a lot at the official visit. He was a really good guy, very genuine. Um, you know, you could that's just the guy you want to play for. He uh, he doesn't look like a guy to yell at you if you do something wrong. He just looks like, uh, you know, a great coach. Um, another guy that I really like, liked was uh, Derek Simmons. He, he looks very passionate about baseball. That's also a guy I just feel like I want to play for. Um, you know, they, they look like they can make me develop uh, very well going into college and then whatever happens after that. So. so so you mentioned that Wichita State didn't have your degree um, in business. I mean, the Kelly School of Business is very good. I believe as I walk through the halls, um, I know there's like the number, they're the number seven in accounting, number eight in finance or whatever those numbers are. I mean, they're always like top 10 when it comes to in the country it, within their business school. Um, yeah. So what is your plan as you head there? Um, just degree wise, like you planning on anything certain specifically in business or what exactly is your plan? Yeah. Um, I'm, I am trying to get, I want to get into the uh, Kelly business school. Uh, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. Um, I just know that it's going to be in business. Uh, Cause obviously that's 
very good program. Uh, I just haven't really done too much research into it yet. So, uh, yeah, I, I need to start doing that soon. But um, obviously, the Kelly Business School, it's almost, I think it's number one in the nation. I'm not sure, but, you know, it's just something I want to get into. So, okay. All right. So you mentioned earlier that your brother's recruiting process kind of got started a little bit before yours just because he didn't have, didn't get hurt. You said you had a couple of shoulder surgeries. Um, but no, kind of take us through what your brother's recruiting process, how that schedule wise, how that aligned with yours, and just what your mindset was as you saw him. Obviously, obviously being brothers, you're always competitive with each other. Uh, what was that like seeing him get a little bit more offers before you and getting some attention before you did? Uh, yeah. So he was, um, it was a sophomore year. He was invited to the Futures Games uh, as a sophomore. Obviously, it's a junior event. Um, so he went there. Uh, he had a home run and South Carolina was watching at the time. And uh, so that was the game they decided, like, this is the guy we want. So they offered him. Uh, but at that time, I was injured. So uh, it was pretty tough. He he had around, I want to say, 10 offers. There a lot of power five. So, you know, it was a pretty big deal. Um, and then, you know, I was just sitting there. I tore my uh, labrum 15 games into the season, sliding back to head, head first into first base. So uh, it was really tough, um, you know, seeing him go through all that. It was really cool, but at the same time, you want it, like the same thing for yourself. So, you know, I feel like it kind of uh, made me strive to get better the next year. And uh, so I did that and, and I'm getting my own offer. So. All right. So did you guys have any, obviously, I mean, I know some brothers like to go and they like to go face off against each other. Like, Oh, if you go here, I'm going to go here. I mean, then some other brothers are like, Oh, well, why don't we just go play together? So, I mean, I know, I know your brother's a catcher. You're an outfielder. So like, did it ever, did it ever come across your guys' minds or did it ever come up in conversation about uh, potentially playing together one day in college? Uh, yeah. So uh, I've been trying to uh, get South Carolina to come out and watch me and uh, just try and get an offer from them. Uh, I've been talking to them for probably like two years. Um, but, you know, I just, every time they came out, I didn't, I wouldn't say I performed to my best. So, uh, you know, they never really offered, but I, they also said they didn't have enough money, which they probably don't because they have a lot of guys that are coming to there right now. But yeah, that was, it's been talked about a lot. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious. Cause I mean, I mean, it's, it's sometimes, I mean, some brothers like don't, some brothers just don't like playing together. Some brothers do love playing together. So I was just curious, Yeah. Uh, but no, let's, let's kind of dig into travel ball a little bit. So I know on perfect game, you're listed as a player for the Cincinnati Red Scout team. Um, You mentioned before we started recording, you have played for a couple other travel ball organizations so kind of just take us through what those couple travel organizations was oh sorry what those couple travel organizations were and how you got connected with them along with the Cincinnati Red Scout team yeah so GRB Illinois is my main travel team um I've been been there since I was 12 we used to be pro player canes um my coach uh his name's coach Dean he's been there uh in the recruiting process for me like the past five years so you know, he's been a really good help. Um, but so GRB is connected to the Cincinnati Rap Red Scout team. Um, so Greg Reinhardt, he uh, knows us. So he invited us there this year. And we were also on the teams as junior, as a junior last year. Um, so, you know, being a part of GRB, like Illinois and GRB Milwaukee, we have a lot of connections. So that's how we got invited there. Um, and then Philly Scout team, my brother, was originally invited there and they invited me too, but he got hurt. So they, uh, I asked them if I could still go down there and they said, yeah. So that's just how that went. Uh, I played one game with them and they were really cool. 
Uh, it was fun playing with a bunch of guys that are the best around the world. So, so how would you compare that experience playing for the Cincinnati Red Scout team compared uh, compared to playing for the Philly Scout team? Obviously, the Philly Scout team is a little bit more nationwide known, uh, just because of FTB Coach Nelly, uh, some of those coaches they have. Um, so, how would you compare both of those scout teams? Uh, yeah, they're like it's almost similar. Just uh, FTB, uh, it's just a different a different nature, like you know bunch of people coming out and watching you it's a lot you get a lot more nerves when you play for them because you know there's people outside watching you they're chirping you I mean if you're not doing good there you're just getting hate uh you know you go and watch the videos I mean they got 50,000 uh views a, a video so it's a lot of pressure when you go out there and play for them but you know it was really fun it's it gets your heart going so um but Cincinnati Rouse, Red Scout team, uh, we don't have all that media crew, so it, it's a lot different. But uh, it's almost the same experience, just not as much pressure, I'd say. Okay. So you said GRB, Illinois, the school that – I mean, sorry, the travel wall organization that you're a part of um, is connected to the Cincinnati Red Scout team. Um, yeah. So do you see a difference um, from tournaments that you guys would go as GRB, Illinois, compared to when you would when you would go to Cincinnati Red Scout team? Like, is there a difference there, or are you pretty much always going as a Cincinnati Red Scout team? um you know it's they're completely two different teams uh so they basically just grab any guy from uh around the area or country so the Cincinnati Reds Red Scout team is completely different but we almost play in the same tournaments we still go to um the Rock or not the Rock uh Grand Park Iowa uh the only different one is uh Florida so it's mostly the same tournaments just different teams go into them Okay, so when you're walking around a tournament and you're wearing that Reds jersey, you're wearing that Phillies jersey, um, in your mind, do you think that kind of puts an extra target on your back and puts an extra target on the team's back? Or do you think for the most part, other teams don't look really, really think about it that much? Uh, yeah, no, it definitely puts a target on our backs. Um, you know, people want to beat a team that has a MLB logo on their jersey. Uh, I remember when we were uh, playing for the Phillies, uh, this kid drove out. I think he said it was 16 hours to just come and take a picture with us. Um, so like, you know, it just shows that people really like admire us, but they also, if you're playing against us, you don't want to, you want to beat us. So uh, yeah, it definitely puts a target on our backs. So uh, we lost once in Cincinnati Reds and like teams, they go crazy after they beat us. So, you know, it's definitely a target on our backs. So. So playing for the Red Scout team, playing for the Philly Scout team, who do you think have been the the couple the couple best players that you've played with along uh, on your team, and even who's maybe some of the best pitchers that you've actually faced while you're playing at some of these big time events? Um, so the best player on my uh, the best players on my Reds team, I'd say, was uh, Cal Fisher. I'm not sure if you know who he is. Uh, he's a very good, very good defender, all around player. Uh, he was very good. Um, uh, my Philly Scout team. I mean, that whole team, it's they're all sick. So it's really hard to say who's the best player on that team. But uh, my Reds team, uh, being around that team a lot, Cal Fisher is just a, a guy who sticks out uh, a lot. So Okay. So playing for GRB Illinois quite a bit, playing for the Red Scout team quite a bit, um, what is your relationship like with those head coaches that are part of those programs and how have they evolved over time as you continue to play with them just longer and longer? Uh, yeah, my, I'm really close with the, uh, the coaches and JRB, uh, with my head coach and, uh, Greg Reinhard. Uh, I've known him for a few years now, uh, but they've, they've helped me with a lot of things, which starting from, uh, area code to, uh, the PG national, like they've been helping me all, all, all the way. So, you know, uh, I got a pretty close relationship with them. So.
Okay. So you got the, you've gotten the chance to play up in area code, gotten the chance to play at PG National. Uh, so let's kind of dig into both of those, starting with area code. Kind of take us through what that area code experience was like for you, um, just kind of through the day-to-day, some guys that you built relationships like. Uh, just kind of take us through that whole thing for us. Yeah, so uh, I actually didn't go to area code. I just um, – so I was invited while I was in um, – I want to say it was Grand Park. There was a invitation to uh, – it was in Chicago, so I couldn't make it. So I didn't end up going to it. Um, so I never got to play for them, but uh, just seeing it, like the team was very good. You know, I wish I played for them. I wish I went to the tryout, but, you know, I just couldn't. So, uh, but they ended up inviting me to the Indiana one and I was also, uh, out of town. I think I was in Alabama with Philly scout team. So, okay. So how does, so I know my, I have a couple of buddies who are on that, um, uh, area code team for the Indiana, the whole Midwest area this past year. Um, and talked to him quite a bit, but no, when it comes to actually trying out for the area code team, uh, cause the guys that I know, like they were pitchers. So like scouts would just go watch them and they, they kind of based it off the, like how they faced in games. They weren't really at the tryouts. Um, so how does that work? I know you, you said you didn't get to experience it because you were gone, uh, but how does that work when it comes to area code, when it comes to being invited to the area code tryout to actually making the team, do you have much knowledge on that? Or since you were gone, did you really not, not know much when it, when it comes to that? Yeah. I mean, I don't really know much about that. Uh, since like not going to it, but I've heard that uh, usually they just watch players and they pick them. So um, yeah, I'm not really sure. I, I know that uh, in the Chicago area, it's a lot of White Sox ace guys because they're on the White Sox. So um, that's usually where they, they're picked from. So. Okay. All right. So um, one event that I know for sure you were a part of is the PG national. Yeah. So let's go ahead. Take us through that a little bit, how you got invited, uh, what that day to day was like, and just take us through that um, entirely. Yeah, so um, I originally went to the PG underclass All-American games my junior year. Um, I think I went three for seven. Uh, I hit a, a ground rule double to the wall. Uh, it was a 400-foot. Uh, it's bounced at the warning track, bounced over. So uh, I played pretty good there, which I got my invite from to PG National. Um, but when I went to PG National, you know, it was really cool, like – you know, the, the guys that I met there were awesome. I mean, everybody there loves baseball. So it's just like the place, the environment is for me. So um, when I went there, you know, playing at the Tropicana Field, I mean, that was really cool. So, uh, but, you know, playing all that competition, it was it was crazy. You know, it's not something you see every day. Yeah. So what was that day-to-day like when it came to PG National? Um, I know, like, when it comes to big events like, let's say, PDP, Erie Code, PG National, they're all ran a little bit differently. Um, but they're all similar in a way. Um, but no, just kind of take us through what it, what it is day to day when it comes to PG National. Yeah. So, uh, like the first day, I think you, you do like a showcase. Um, so yeah, the showcase. And then the second day, um, you just, do, you play games. I think you play two games a day. It was, and then the next day it's the same thing. So, um, but I think every day is different. Like you get like bags. We had to sign autographs one day. Uh, we got our gear and then um, we got all of our, like the hats, like you could buy stuff the other day. Like it was all separate, like just different days. I'm not really, I can't really remember exactly how it went, but. So you said sign autographs. So what was that like signing? I take it. That's probably one of the first times you've actually signed autographs. So what was that like signing autographs? Kind of, you know, like feeling like an adult, feeling like a professional baseball player signing autographs. Yeah, no, it was, it was really cool. We had a, I think it was 
around 250 autographs we had to sign. So uh, it was a lot. After the first, like, 100, it was starting to get tiring. But uh, signing those, it was really cool. Um, you know, I just felt like a big leader. So, uh, uh, yeah, it was really cool. Okay. So was Tropicana Field the first the first Major League Baseball stadium you were able to play in? Uh, yeah. So um, I played there, and then the next week after, I went down to Kauffman Stadium. I'm not sure if you know about the, the – I think it's a CSA. It's like a – I'm not really sure what it was called, but we went down was to the baseball factory. No, it was, uh, what was it? it? It's CSA something. So, okay. But so was, what was that? Well, so take us through with what that was like walking up the stairs, of that dugout, um, going to Tropicana field, going to Kauffman stadium. Uh, just what, what was, what were those two experiences like? And in your opinion, what's better Tropicana or Kauffman? Yeah. So, uh, walking into Tropicana, uh, obviously it was a dome. I've never played, in the dome like that. So um, it was, I mean, it was really cool. The only problem was uh, playing the outfield there. It was pretty hard with the, uh, the white, like the dome. So it was really hard seeing the ball, but it was, it was different. Uh, that field was, I'd say it was, it was pretty cool. It just, when I went to Coffin Stadium, that was a different, a different feeling. Uh, I walked in there, you see the uh, waterfalls going. Uh, it's just a massive stadium. Just being out there on the field, it, uh, it's beautiful. So, uh, if I were to, uh, which field was better, I'd say Kaufman for sure. Okay. So traveled around the country playing, playing travel baseball, played up against some of the best players in the country. Um, you get to go to see a lot of cool places. Um, you mentioned Grand Park, which is extremely cool. I mean, me being an Indiana guy, I love Grand Park uh, just because it's kind of like what people know when it comes to Indiana uh, for baseball. Um, you mentioned Lake Point. I'm sure you've been to East Cobb. Uh, but for you, what is your favorite facility when it comes to travel ball? Uh, travel baseball in the summertime um i'd have to go with lake point for sure okay and what's the reason for that um you know just i don't really get to experience the hot weather like that uh in illinois every day so when i go down there it's just a different type of feeling i feel like the ball flies insanely there um and then you know it's just a beautiful complex okay so you just wrapped up your the jupiter tournament the wwba down there in yeah. jupiter uh, so can I take us through what that was like for you, how you how you performed? And I'm going to go ahead and take it that that was probably your last travel ball event, correct? Yeah, that was my last travel ball event. Okay. So take us through what that Jupiter tournament was like. Um. Yeah, uh, it was all right. You know, uh, I went down there. I think I had around eight at-bats. But the, uh, the problem was I got walked, I think it was five times. So I didn't really get much to do with the bats I was given. Um, I hit a, I think it was a hard ground ball up the middle uh, that was snagged uh, and then a pop-up. And then I was, I went over three. So it wasn't exactly what I, what I wanted going down there, but still being down there was really cool. Um, so. So now that your travel ball career has come to an end, uh, done playing ball, kind of looking forward to your senior spring and then heading down to Bloomington to play at IU um, the following year. Um, so just looking back at your travel ball career, what are some of the favorite memories that you have just going around playing for the Philly scout team, that one, uh, that one tournament playing for the red scout team, playing for GRB in Illinois, uh, just kind of take us through what some of your favorite memories are and just some cool things that you got to experience while playing travel ball. Yeah. Like, uh, some cool things. Uh, we like something we'd always do is I'd always go back to the hotel, hang on my friends, you know, we drive around. I mean, that's, that's stuff that you don't really get often like after, uh, summer ball so just being out in 
just random areas playing baseball with your friends. That's something that is obviously really fun. Um, you know, I've, we've hit a bunch of walk-off home runs. Those are always cool. Um, so, but with the Phillies, uh, just being around the atmosphere, like people watching the games, like it's really cool. Just being on camera. Uh, I've never been on camera before. So that was just, that was probably my favorite memory seeing myself on a YouTube channel. What, what YouTube channel was it? Uh, it was the FTB Nelly. Uh, oh, okay yeah i mean nelly, nelly has a huge following uh, oh yeah um transition a little bit to high school ball a little bit uh, so take us through what that competition level like competition level is like in illinois high school baseball like i mentioned earlier like the midwest i mean it's not top tier when it comes to california arizona texas yeah. florida georgia but i mean midwest baseball when it comes to indiana illinois um a couple other states i mean it's pretty legit baseball uh, so kind of take us through what that competition level like it, competition level is like in Illinois. Yeah. So uh, like the Illinois competition in the past uh, two years, it's been outstanding. Like uh, I think last year we had, I played in the red scout team. We probably had 11 guys drafted and they were mostly from Illinois and just around the area in the Midwest. So um, just like the high school baseball, it's, it's really good. We play in probably the best conference in Illinois, um, we had three teams go down to state. So, uh, you know, we, we face uh, good arms every day. Uh, we were ranked number one in the state for the past, I think it was two or three years. So, you know, we face everybody's number one, and it's always guys throwing 85 plus. So, you know, it's it's not, not bad competition. It's pretty good. So, um, you know, we should have a few guys getting drafted out of here uh, uh, this year or two, so, or next year. So you said three teams from your conference actually made it to state. So how does that how does that Illinois high school state tournament work? Because I know in Indiana, like um, the conferences really don't matter. You go into sectionals, regionals, semi-state. How does that work here there in Illinois? Yeah, so uh, it's based off of um, I think it, so we're an eight A school. Um, so the teams in our conference they all range from uh, like I think it's four A or no eight A is a football term. So I, I think it would be five A or four A. So we're a 5a i believe and so the other teams are 5as 4as 3as so uh it all ranges so when we had um we're probably the biggest team in our conference but so the team that was in the 3a they made it to their state championship and then um the team that we lost to uh which is around the area they're also in our conference 5a they made it to the state championship and then uh, another team that was in the 2a i think it was also made it to the state championship so it just depends who you verse. Uh, like the conferences, like we'll never play each other. We always play like the lower seed uh, in the, in Illinois. So uh, we'll never play each other until like the super sectional game or sectional game. So. Okay. So when it comes to teams that are in your conference, teams that are also on your spring schedule who are on your conference, uh, are you facing a lot of other power five commits or what is, what does that look like when it comes to just your spring schedule and other guys who are committed to schools like yourself? Uh, yeah, we play, so we when we pick our schedule, my coach usually picks uh, the hardest team. So we'll play at the start of the season. We'll we'll start off with like probably three of the top ten teams in the state. Um, so we played Brother Rice. I'm not sure if you know about them, but uh, they've got like all the guys. They've got probably five Power Five commits, maybe more. I'm not really sure, but um, we've been playing them for the past two years. Uh, they're really good. So um, yeah, we're playing a bunch of guys that are just like me. Uh, so a bunch of Power Five talent. Run yeah, the area. Brother Rice, that is where is that where Dylan Head goes to school, or is Dylan Head go somewhere else? Uh, no, he goes to Homewood Flossmore. We also play them too. Okay, 
So have you have you, you guys have faced Dylan Head then I take it then? Uh yeah. Okay. What what's your little scout with him being the number one guy in the state, what's your little scouting report on Dylan Head? Yeah, he, he does it all. He's I mean, he's fast. Like every time we've played against him, he's always stolen a bag or gotten a base hit. Yeah, he's just he's a do it all type of player. Uh just really electric, somebody you want to watch. So as you and your brother head into your senior year, can I take us through what last season was like, um, just your guys' junior year, how you guys played, how, what the season ended up being like, uh, to now to what you guys are expecting going into your senior year, um, maybe some guys you're bringing back, or just how you guys are expecting to compete um, here this upcoming spring. Yeah, so uh, my junior year, I started off a little slow. Um, my brother, he hit five home runs in the first 11 games, uh, but he ended up getting injured, same injury as me. He slid into third base head first, dislocated his shoulder. So he didn't have a season at all last year after that. Um, but so after that happened, uh, I started picking it up a little bit. Uh, I ended up ended up with like, I think it was 10 home runs, uh, a 444 batting average. So uh, I, I helped us out a lot. We, uh, I think we lost three games or five, five games, something like that. But um, yeah, last year was, that was really fun. Uh, just being a junior on a team full of seniors, you know, it's, a lot of fun being around guys that are also like they want to win. So uh, coming into this next year, uh, I'm just hoping I just want to like, we do this leader type of thing. So I'm hoping to be a leader on this next team or next year. So um, yeah. So how, how are you, because how are you going about becoming a leader? Like you said, uh, you and your brother were one of those few guys that weren't seniors last year. Um, so what is the outlook on this upcoming spring uh, when it comes to you potentially being a leader and how are you going about that kind of just, becoming better as a person so you can go ahead and lead these younger guys. Yeah. So um, we have like this private gym that we all go to. So uh, eventually we'll invite probably the whole team out and start doing like team lifts. We're going to start doing like a bunch of team bonding, you know, cause if you don't have team bonding in high school baseball, it's cause it's not all like great players. Like you have to have just guys who want to win and guys who just play with each other. So uh, team bonding is really big in high school. So we're going to do a bunch of that stuff. Um, but we've got a lot of guys that are also coming back from last year. So, um, you know, and they're also from my GRB team. Uh, we've got, I think, eight D1 commits on our high school team this year. So uh, it should be pretty fun. Okay. All right. So you said eight commits on your high school baseball team. Uh, so who are some of those other guys go? Uh, who are some of those other guys that are going to other schools? And where were they last year when they were behind, stuck up behind some of those other seniors you said that were on the team? Um, yeah. So uh, we've got, uh, we got three. Uh, D1 pitchers. Uh, we got Andrew Wrestler. He's going to SIUE. Uh, he was actually our starter. So these, all these guys, they all played last year. They didn't play the year before. Um, so he's been on varsity with me since freshman year. Um, and then we got Ryan Quinlan, who he's an EIU commit. He's um, he's our going to be our shortstop this year. He was playing. He played with us last year too. He was a starter. Um, and then Parker Schering is another one. He's an NIU commit. So he was coming out of the bullpen last year because uh, we know, we had a, a three-person lineup. And so Adam Guaza was a guy who went to Valparaiso. He's a pitcher. So he was kind of that starting role. So Parker was a uh, – he was coming out of the bullpen more. So this year he should get the start. Um, but we also have a guy named pa Malachi Papalanis. He is a – he's younger than – one year younger than me. He's going to Wright State. Um, so he's going to either come out of the bullpen or he's going to start – it's either one, but we've got a lot of, a lot of arms. Uh, and then me and my brother, uh, and then Quinlan. So, 
Okay, so with those, with I mean, with eight Division One commits uh, or signees for some of you guys as well, um, you guys are probably expected to go pretty yeah. far in that state tournament, right? Yeah, we're hoping to. Um, I'm just, to be honest, I don't really want to be ranked number one again because I feel like uh, being that way the past two years, I feel like, you know, you just, people get a little too big-headed, you know. Um, our team, we get too high on ourselves. Like, it just – it creates a bad atmosphere. Um, if we start low, you know, I feel like it would, it would help us a lot. We wouldn't be so cocky and, you know, it can actually help us progress because we've been, our team likes to uh, like high school baseball, obviously it's a lot of chirping. So uh, being number one, we always like to chirp, but when we lose, it's being number one, it's pretty bit like, you know, teams go crazy. So. So being number one, these past couple of years with you and you kind of being in the program, both those years, plus this year, uh, what do you think has led to the success of that Huntley baseball program? Because uh, I mean, they they got to be doing something, right? If they're ranked number one past two years and have eight eight college commits on this year's spring team. Yeah. So um, our coach Andy Jacobowski, he's phenomenal. Uh, he's been coaching for probably like twenty years, I think it was that he said. Um, uh, even before us, the twenty eighteen year, uh, they went to state. They uh, they got second place. So, uh, you know, he's been doing it since, I mean, way back. I mean, this guy's, he's a great coach. Uh, someone who doesn't yell at you, like uh, I was talking about the Indiana coach, you know, he just, uh, he's like silent. He, he just, you don't do something right, you're, you're done. Like you uh, mess up or just, you're not a player that's going to be like, you're not going to help the team. He's just the guy that isn't going to take with your, he's not going to mess around with uh, your bullshit, you know? So He's just a great coach overall, uh, knows the ins and outs of baseball. So, yeah, just a great coach. Okay. So, let's turn just a little bit. Um, so, you are an outfielder that's going to Indiana, going to be playing the uh, college outfield. Uh, when it comes to playing defense, um, what what is your main position there, uh, like in the outfield? Um, so, I can play all three, but I prefer playing either center or right because um, right field, uh, it just – I feel like it's an easier read than – left but center I, I'm pretty fast so uh, I enjoy being in center field but it doesn't really matter to me I can play all three so uh, okay. so for, for you is there a different mindset you have when you're when you're playing all three different positions or for the most part when you're playing right and center you kind of have the same compared to when you're a little different when you're playing in left field um when I'm playing in left and right uh it's a little different when I'm playing in right I always think uh just I have to have a strong arm, obviously, uh, get it out fast. Um, left field, same thing. Uh, just cut off every ball, uh, and then center, uh, just if I, you don't get a good jump on the ball then you just shouldn't be a center fielder. So I just think try and read the ball off the, out of the pitcher's hand at first, and then just see where he pitches it and, you know, get that, get that good first step. And that's like the key to playing center field. So, okay. So flipping around a little bit to when you're actually in the batter's box when you're hitting, obviously that's the most that's the most fun part of baseball when you're in the batter's mm -hmm. box doing some damage. Uh, so kind of just take us through that plate approach that you have, uh, maybe in the batter's box, what you're thinking, how you're prepping for that at bat, um, and then you're when you're walking up to the batter's box, I'm um, sorry, when you're on the on deck circle, what like what are you doing to pre prepare for each at bat, and you start walking up to the batter's box, kind of what's going through your mind, and what are you what are you thinking as you head up there? Yeah, so my approach, uh, like, so it starts when I'm in the batter's box, or I mean, the on-deck circle. So uh, I just I warm up with the uh, the jacket weight, time up the pitcher. Uh, I don't really think much 
around that point, I just go up, go to the batter's box and, you know, I just keep an empty head. Uh, you know, when, when I start thinking too much, that's when I start getting to slumps. So I just try to just think about nothing. Um, but then uh, I always sit first pitch fastball, uh, depending on the pitcher. Um, and then if I go down in the count, I just try and fight, stay alive. So, you know, uh, just classic baseball, uh, like approach. So not too much, but this is what I like to do. Okay. So how does that hitting approach change as you get two strikes on you? Are you one of those guys that does some pretty significant changes or do you kind of like to keep it the same when, when you get two strikes on you? Um, I sort of keep the same. I, uh, I kind of widen up my batting stance a little bit. I feel like it gets me more control with my hands. So, uh, I do that to, uh, try and just like make contacts, get it over to the left side of the field. Okay. So can I take us through what those mechanics are of your swing, uh, just from that load all the way up to the finish, uh, when you're going through that swing? Um, yeah. So I just like to, uh, I like to think, use your hips. Uh, cause when I start using my hands first, that's when it starts getting, getting bad. I start topping at balls and they go straight into the ground. So when I use my hips, that's when I can start hitting oppo pole. I can just hit where the ball's pitched. Uh, but I do like to start using my hands a lot. Uh, if you've ever seen my swing, it's, I like to, I time up with my hands a lot. So, um, when that happens, I usually get into a slump. Uh, so yeah, I just think use my, use your hips, uh, legs start the swing. So. So you are one of those guys that you are a righty thrower, but when it comes to hitting in the batter's box, you're a lefty. So can I take mm -hmm. us through how that got started? Uh, did you try being a righty first, or was it your dad that kind of convinced you to be a lefty when you had a young, young age? Uh, just kind of take us through with how how that all came about, being a lefty uh, while being a righty thrower. Yeah, so uh, it's a really weird story. Like, So when me and my brother were playing t-ball, uh, I picked up the bat and – I just swung it right or lefty for some reason. Uh, and my brother was swinging righty. Uh, and I wasn't very good at it because uh, it wasn't my dominant side. But I never wanted to swing righty. So uh, we went into a Little League tryout. Uh, my dad said, try righty. And uh, I got a base hit, but I just I didn't like it. So uh, I went back to my lefty swing. And I just I've been working at that ever since. And uh, I'm just I'm glad I'm a lefty because I, I really like facing uh righty lefty it's just a lot easier i feel like yeah. um but yeah i was never I, I swing a golf club righty which is really really weird so when it comes when it comes to when it's actually lefty lefty when there's a lefty on the mound uh what is what is that like for a left-handed hitter obviously i was a right-handed hitter so i never got that chance to face a, a lefty lefty i was always, always pretty much just righty righty uh so what's that like when you're a lefty facing a lefty pitcher yeah uh it's tough I mean, you only see a handful of lefties a year. So uh, when you face them, it's, it's, it's like odd. It's, uh, it, it's almost like they're pitching behind you. Uh, I feel like I can't see it the same as I see a righty, uh, especially like a funky lefty where they, they're throwing from sidearm uh, and the ball comes in on you. It's, it's really hard to turn on. So not, not as easy as a righty. So as it came to your mind, I know, I know you obviously you aren't playing lefties very often, uh, but when you do, and potentially when you're struggling, when you're set, when you think that ball's going behind you, and you know you're you're not seeing the ball as well as when you're facing righties, has it ever came to your mind to potentially learn how to be a right-handed hitter again and kind of switch and be a switch hitter, switch hitter, hit both ways, or do you kind of want to stick at being a lefty? Uh, yeah, I've worked at it a lot, um, but I just find myself I'm not 
as consistent. Like uh, there's times where I just, I don't work on it, but I worked on it for probably a week and I just, I couldn't really find it. Uh, Cause you know, when you get, you hit, you, you got to find a rhythm. I just, I couldn't find a rhythm. Um, so I just, I kind of used to use my righty swing as golf swing. Cause I really, I enjoy golf. That's something I do a lot. So, um, you know, I, I just, I decided just stick as a lefty uh, because it's too late now to uh, switch to a switch hitter. So, well, at least, with, at least with you being a right-handed golf swing, I mean, that's not messing up your baseball. So yeah. you don't have to yeah. go golf mid season. Unlike some of these guys. I mean, I don't know if it's a myth or not, but I remember growing up, my, my baseball coach was like, Hey, don't go golfing because you'll mess up your baseball swing. So I guess, yeah. I guess that that's, that's one benefit of, uh, not uh, swinging go- the golf club a little bit different than the baseball bat. Um, but no, so with you playing for that Red Scout team, playing for GRB, playing for Huntley High School Baseball, where it's a great baseball program, um, if you had to pick a handful of guys, three, four, even five guys, um, who do you think has been the most influential um, within your baseball career so far? Um, number one is obviously uh, my dad. You know, he's been – uh, he's been there my whole life. So, uh, you know, he really disciplined me into the player I am today. Um, a second one would be my coach, Andy Dean. Uh, you know, he's also been there the whole time. Uh, really great coach. Uh, my third would be Andy Jacobowski, also my other coach. Um, just all three are great guys. Uh, and then my last two would probably be probably Andrew Ressler because he's been playing varsity baseball with me for – like four years now and then obviously my brother too so okay so you mentioned your brother there um what are you looking forward to most of playing this last spring with your brother last time you guys be playing together for a while uh potentially even potentially the last time forever so uh what are you looking forward to the most um as you head into your last spring with your bro um you know i'm just i want to make it memorable i want to like obviously i want to go out and win a state championship that would be a dream come true uh that i think that's every baseball players dream. So uh, winning a state championship with him would be, that'd be really cool. Um, you know, obviously last year it's, it's pretty emotional. Um, so, you know, just spending the time with him being a duo uh, three, four batting at, or like it'll go two, three, uh, I'll be two, he'll be three. So back to back, I'm hoping to hit a few back to back home runs. That'd be pretty cool. So make yeah. some new memories. Of course. Um, those memories yeah. with the grower are, are forever. Um, but no, so yeah. as you head to Indiana's campus here next fall, head to Bloomington, uh, what are you wanting to work on most within your game? Uh, just, I guess, within your game or even as a person, as you kind of continue to develop, continuously evolve, uh, what do you what do you want to fix most before you head to Bloomington in the fall? Yeah, um, I would like to work on my defense. Uh, obviously, it's it's pretty hard getting your defense in, in Illinois because, I mean, it's snowing right now, so um, you don't really get to go out and get fly balls and all that stuff. So that's something that I would really like to improve on before I get there. Okay. Um, so as we kind of move away from the baseball side of things, move a little bit more into the business side of things when it comes to the advisors and agents and to the personal side of things when it comes to passionates and motivations, uh, just digging into your advisor selection process. Like I said, once I graduate from Indiana, uh, that is my goal is to become certified, start representing players. And that is my career that I've been chasing out for a while. Uh, so when I get players on the podcast, I kind of like to ask you guys, oh, what was it that made you pick your advisor or what was it that stuck out to you about your selection process? Uh, so just going through it, when was it that advisors kind of started reaching out to you? Um, so around that time, my brother went to uh, the Futures Games his sophomore year. Um, 
our advisor, this is our first advisor. Uh, his name's Mark Pieper. He represents, uh, I think it was Justin Verlander, uh, a lot of big name guys. So um, he, we started a team or we were going to start a team when I was around 12 years old, I think it was um, just the best players in Illinois. Uh, so he was uh, one of the coaches or he was going to just like fund the team or something. Uh, so we've known him for a pretty long time. Uh, my dad's been to his office. Um, but so we've known him for a good amount of time, but when he saw uh, my brother go off at the uh, futures games, that's when he decided like, I'll, I want to be these guys advisors. So uh, he contacted us and, once he contacted us, that was, we just were like, that's it. He sold us. So um, that's just the guy we want uh, okay. to be our advisor. He's really, really cool guy. So. So you did say your first advisor. So is he your advisor still now or. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, I had a few more re reach out to me after, but um, having him already, uh, obviously you can't really use a term down. So. Yeah, of course. So what was, so you said that there's a couple other guys who reached out to you. Um, what, what was the, their main way of reaching out to you? Was it like in person at a tournament? Uh, was it through text message, phone calls? Um, I know a lot of people use uh, social media DMS as well. Um, so what was that main, that main source of people reaching out? Uh, yeah. Um, I was contacted, contacted mainly through Twitter. Um, I also got a few through, uh, messages, uh, people got my phone number. So, um, I think I had probably one call, but it was mostly through Twitter. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was just curious. Cause I mean, I know a lot of agents have different philosophies when it comes to reaching out to players. I've had one intern boss who's like, he goes, well, if you reach out through social media, then that's very unprofessional. And then there's other agents who, yeah. well, if you're able to reach out that way, like why not? Um, so, I mean, I'm always curious about that and always digging. I always like yeah. digging into the process of how guys pick their advisors. And it's always cool uh, when guys pick advisors who've been known for a very long time, uh, which is why I'm like starting to build relationships with guys in the 25, 26 classes, uh, just kind of building that long-term relationship and kind of giving them what my plan is these next couple of years. Uh, but no, just digging into these last couple of questions, moving on, moving along from the baseball field, from the baseball side of things. Uh, so when you aren't playing baseball, you're up there in Illinois. I still can't. I still can't pronounce your hometown. How do I? How do I say it? Uh, Algonquin. I'll, I'll, okay. So when you're, when you're when you're in your hometown, uh, what are some of the passions that you have beyond the baseball field that you like to do when you're not focusing on your game? Uh, yeah, like I said earlier, um, I like to golf. That's um, it's something that you can get your mind off of baseball. You don't really think. You just go out there and play with your friends bet a little bit of money. Uh, that's just something that I really enjoy. Um, I'm going to get fitted for golf clubs soon. So that's something that's pretty cool. I think for Christmas. So um, uh, another thing that like, there's not very much to do around here. Um, but me and my friends, we really like to go paintballing. So uh, that's another hobby we like to do. So. Okay. I've, I've always wanted to go paintballing, man. It would be fun just to, you know, get some anger out, go, go shoot oh, yeah. some people uh, with some paintball. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, when it comes to just continuing on with your career, going to IU, potentially getting drafted either the next summer or three, four years down the road after you've been at IU for a while. What is it that motivates you? Uh, what is it that kind of just gets you up, gets you out of bed every morning, kind of just going out, wanting to win the day, continue to get better as a ball player and as a person? Uh, just what is that just, that grinded up inside of you that motivates you? Um, you know, when I wake up, I just want to – I just think be better 1% by every day. Uh, you know, my dad, he, he worked really hard at a young age, uh, so I kind of just take after him. Uh, I want to, I don't want to just sit in high school and not pursue anything. So I, I just, I want to pursue 
baseball and sports is something that I genuinely love. So, uh, yeah, so I wake up every day just – and obviously I want to go to the MLB one day. That would be a really cool dream. So uh, that's just kind of what drives me every day. Okay, so let's say you keep getting better 1% every day um, as a person, as a ball player, and everything goes right. Perfect picture. Usually I'm saying what's the perfect picture in 20 years, but I'm starting to – when I'm interviewing all you guys, I mean, you all be 38, 39. So yeah. I'm changing that to perfect picture in 25 years. Everything goes right. What is that perfect picture when you're 43, 44 years old? Yeah, so um, obviously going to the league um, – Around then, I'd be retired, probably. Uh, so, you know, just living after that, just after playing Major League Baseball, I think, like, that, it'd be set. Like, uh, that'd be really cool. That'd be, like, that'll be something you can tell people for the rest of your life. Um, you know, all the memories you can you probably have playing professional baseball, that's something that you can tell for, I mean, so many years, so. Okay, perfect. I mean, that's – I mean, when I interview all you top prospects, I mean, that's a common answer of – Playing in the major, yeah. playing in Major League Baseball, uh, there's a lot of guys who are like, oh, go travel the world after. Um, yeah. you know, but, I mean, I, I'm, I'm always curious about that. Uh, but now down to the one last question. So with me being an aspiring agent slash advisor, um, I'm big into the name, image, and likeness type of things. I love seeing uh, when ball players are doing different NIL deals. Obviously, baseball NIL isn't as popular as basketball and baseball. Uh, sorry, basketball and football. Um, I have helped out a couple of guys on the IU baseball team, some of your future teammates uh, with that stuff. But no, when it comes time for you to capitalize on your name, image, and likeness uh, when you head to Bloomington next fall, once you graduate from high school, uh, what would be one dream brand that you would love to endorse, collaborate, or just work with in general? What would be that dream brand? Um, a dream brand would probably be probably Nike because, I mean, it's just such a it's a massive brand. So, uh, I mean, and I wear Nike all, all the time. So, uh, probably my favorite brand. Uh, that's probably really hard to get an NIL deal from, but, uh, that would definitely be my dream brand. Okay. Well, are you being an Adidas school? I mean, Adidas does, does give out some NIL, uh, some NIL money. So, I mean, potentially yeah. uh, you go, you go ball out these next couple of years at IU, maybe your sophomore, junior year, you'll be getting a yeah. And I'll deal with Adidas or something, but no, man, yeah. uh, that's the last question. Last question I have for you. Um, really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I know I've been, I've been digging into a little bit more Illinois high school baseball now recently, since I am, I am from Indiana. I'm hoping to get a little bit more Illinois guys on as well. Uh, but no, man, just really appreciate you coming on the show uh, with you going to IU next year. I mean, if you have any questions about Bloomington or stuff like that, let me know. I'll definitely be there in the springtime for your freshman year. Uh, I am a graduate of 2024. So after that, who knows where I'm at, but no, I'll definitely be following your career. Um, and do want to wish you the best of luck when it comes to that. And for your spring season, uh, your last season playing with your bro. Uh, no, but just thanks for coming on the show, man. Thank you for having me.